New season, new wardrobe, and we're kicking off fall in style with Macy's VIP sale. Use your coupon or Macy's card and take an extra 30% off fall's biggest trends. Apple picking on the agenda, hello plaid and tall boots, and hey, maybe this is the season you try culottes. And our best brands like Ink, Kelvin Klein, and Tommy Hilfiger, yep, they're included too. Plus, get your glam on with 15% off the beauty brands you love. And Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift cards, services, and fees. Going on now at Macy's. Welcome to Courtney Beyond the Cake. Stories that inspire, uplift, and fill your soul with joy, much like cake. It's a question I get asked nearly every day. What do you do with all of that cake? Today, I'm answering your question and getting a little more personal as I talk about balancing cake with a healthy lifestyle. Hi, friends. We're coming off a two-part series with Jasmine Bradshaw from First Name Basis, and I just want to say thanks again to Jasmine and to you. I'm so grateful for her thoughts and her time, and I'm so grateful to you for listening, engaging, and being here for not only Jasmine's episodes, but for all the others as well. It's always a little nerve-wracking trying something new, which I have no doubt you can relate to, and your response to Beyond the Cake has certainly helped ease my nerves. So thank you. All right, so for today's episode, it's just me. I thought it would be fun to occasionally come on and answer some of your questions and share some of my personal insight, you know, to things related to cake, life, family, or whatever it is you're wanting to know. So to kick things off, I'm answering one of the most frequently asked questions I receive in DMs, emails, comments, and that is, what do you do with all of that cake? (laughs) And that question is usually followed by, do you even eat it? And how do you stay healthy having all that cake around? Well, first things first. Yes, I eat a slice of every single cake I make. Don't forget who's president of quality control around here. It's me. Ryan and Weston and Avery, I mean, they're fighting for the job a lot of the time. But at the end of the day, if I don't love a cake that I make, I won't share it with you. Plus, getting to take that first bite of a new cake I create is one of the many reasons I love baking. Digging into something I worked so hard on and something that tastes as amazing as I think it does is incredibly satisfying and makes me incredibly happy. Every bite of cake is worth every minute I spend creating that cake. What do I do with all the cake after I eat my slice? I share it. I love sharing it. This is something that I just love about baking in general is sharing the things that I make. I remember making my first cake for Weston's birthday, his first birthday about 10 years ago. And you've heard that story before. If you haven't, you know, you can go back to my first episode of Beyond the Cake and kind of get some background there. After I made that cake for Weston's birthday, I, of course, I served it to the guests and our friends and family at the party. And I was so proud of what I had created and I knew it tasted delicious. I mean, how could it not? It was a Bon Appetit recipe and they're always a 10. Anyway, as I served the slices of cake to our friends and family, I watched them dig in and I watched their eyes light up and their smiles grow wide as they took their first bite. They loved it. And I loved that they loved it. Something I made brought joy to others. So sharing my cakes is a big deal to me. And it's part of the whole cake making experience that I feel so passionate about. After I take pictures of a new cake, we dig in and I get reviews of the new flavor for my kids and Ryan. And then to save the rest and keep it fresh, I slice each cake slice individually. I wrap it in plastic wrap and I store them in my freezer in an airtight container. So this makes it easy for my family and I to thaw a slice of cake later, or it makes it really easy to share with friends 
neighbors, and coworkers. Also, if I've made a cake just for design purposes and I haven't sliced into it, I will often donate the full cake um, often to my friends at the hospital. I've got a couple of friends that are nurses here um, in Utah Valley and Salt Lake Valley. So I've taken cakes to the hospital. Um, and last year we took all of my Halloween cakes actually to the Ronald McDonald House in Salt Lake City. So if you are hesitant about starting cakes because you're not sure what you'll do with all the leftovers or maybe even the whole cakes that you're practicing on, just know people love, love, love when you share. I know sometimes we think our practice cakes aren't good enough to share, but I promise you they are. They absolutely are. And people love it. Uh, I think we're usually our toughest critic, right? And so the things that we think are wrong with the cake or the decorating or whatever, they still blow away all our friends and our family, our neighbors. So don't be hesitant to start making cakes because you're afraid of just having leftover that you're not going to use. No, go ahead, share those leftovers, share your practice cakes. People will absolutely love them. I also think that when we're sharing our cakes or whatever it is that we make and we're proud of, we're sharing a part of ourselves with others, part of our story, part of our passion, and that creates a stronger connection to those that we share it with. All right. Two of the three questions are answered. Time to move on to this last one. How do you stay healthy with all of that cake around? I actually wrote a blog post about this question a few years ago, and it's kind of old, so I think it gets hidden behind all the cake recipes on my blog, but it's worth revisiting and updating a little bit. But before I dive into answering this question, which it's a personal one, and I think personal for each of us, and it can be a sensitive topic, um, I do want to remind you that I am not a nutritionist, I'm not a dietitian, I am not a trainer, I'm not a doctor, and I won't even begin to pretend to be any of those things. I'm a 37-year-old woman, a mom, a wife, a friend, a cake baker who spent far too long focusing on the wrong ways to be healthy and simply wants to share a bit of that journey and some experiences I had that helped me shift my mindset in hopes that it may help someone else refocus their thoughts from my worth or my happiness is based on how I look or a number on the scale to I know my worth is innate. I know I have so much to offer the world and that's not the size of my genes. And I'm proud of what my body can do for me. I've spent a lot of years shaming myself and feeling guilty for the choices I've made when it comes to food. For most of my life, food had two categories, good and bad. And that meant I was either good or bad for eating good food or bad food. It was a skewed relationship and one that held me back from being my personal best for many years. I feel like my wellness journey has been a yo-yo for most of my life. My body changed every other year based on what I was eating or hormones, activity level, stress level, all the things. And as I became a teenager and up until about six years ago, I was never happy with it. I bought my first diet pill when I was 16. I had been working at the dry cleaners and used some of my money to go purchase the pills at a local mall kiosk. I remember seeing commercials over and over again for this particular brand, and I wanted a quick fix to the weight I had gained after my sophomore basketball season because, you know, that's what the ads told me would happen, and I felt so desperate, I think I would have tried or believed anything. I quickly learned that a pill wouldn't magically change how I looked, but at the time, I remember feeling so frustrated and mad at myself for how I looked and I would compare myself to the people around me that I just, I kept trying new ones and I hopped on and off every fad diet train at the time and highly restricted my food intake. No matter what I tried though, and no matter how my body looked, I wasn't happy. 
It was years and years of chasing what I thought would bring me happiness, but no matter how close I got to that so-called goal I had or what I thought would make me happy, I never was. And I was continually telling myself I wasn't good enough. A couple years later, still with a poor relationship with food, my parents divorced and my world was rocked like I never knew it could be. I started experiencing depression and anxiety and turned to food for comfort. I gained quite a bit of weight over the next couple of years, but I was so lost and felt so alone that honestly, I didn't even realize what was going on in the cycle that I was getting myself into. At the same time, I also didn't want anyone to know that this is how I was feeling and I wanted to hide from my own emotions. And I found that when I was working and doing things I loved, I was able to run away from the darkness that I so often felt. I was working three jobs, taking a painting class, finishing my senior year of college, planning a wedding. Basically, I felt like if I was keeping myself busy, I was keeping my mind busy. And even though I was experiencing these other feelings, I was still kind of hiding from them and feeling productive. I started noticing too, that as I focused on these other things in my life that brought me real joy, things that I was actually passionate about, uh, I realized that I was starting to feel a little bit more comfortable in my own skin. And I didn't lose like weight. My anxiety and depression did not go away. And I continued to battle negative thoughts and feelings that often seemed completely out of my control. But I found that as I put more focus on the positive things in my life, I felt a little happier and a little more confident. A couple years later, Ryan graduated and we moved to Santa Monica. One day I decided to sign up for a half marathon. You guys, this was totally out of the blue. I had not worked out for a while. I certainly had not run like a uh, more than a mile in nearly four years. But at work one day, someone had been telling me about a race and their training. And I remember thinking to myself, huh, maybe I can do that. And I remember getting excited, but I didn't tell anyone. I didn't tell my family right away. I didn't tell Ryan right away. I think I was afraid that I'd quit <laughs> quite honestly, and have to tell people that I failed. But as I got going and I started training and the more I trained, the more I realized I loved it. And I wanted to tell people it was one mile after another, day after day, and I was proving to myself that I could do something that I thought was going to be hard. And it, it was hard on some days, but I was able to do it. Two months later, I completed my first half marathon in Pasadena, California. I had no time expectations, no plans of doing any more than that. I simply just wanted to prove to myself that I could run 13.1 miles. Ryan, my best friend Mandy, my dad, my stepmom were all there waiting for me at the finish line. And I will never forget that moment. I completely ended the race in tears, but they were tears of happiness. I did it. I think that's why I have loved running ever since and why it means so much to me. It's not because it's a way to exercise or because it's easy because you guys, it's definitely not, not easy for me, but it's more about what it represented at that moment and what it has continued to represent in the many more years of running since that first race. Little by little, I was having these building block moments, not a single aha, the light bulb went on, you know, or, or an overnight change, but rather little confidence building moments that focused on what I could do that had nothing to do with anyone else or how my body looked or what size it was. Nope. These were moments that were just based on my effort and my effort alone. I still had a lot to learn, a lot of room for growth, but I was kind of off to a good start. A year later, I was pregnant with Weston. And as his due date drew near, I remember having the thought, I can do better. And it wasn't because I was really unhappy with my size or how I looked, but because I knew I wasn't being my best self. I just felt that to my core. And yeah, I had run that half marathon and I was still trying to be active. I mean, sort of for working full time and being pregnant, 
But I continued to have this thought. I know I can do better and I want to do better. And it just, it was for all aspects of my life, not just for eating and being active, but also with work, my relationship with Ryan, my relationship with others, my relationship with God, and more importantly, my relationship with myself. After Weston was born and I was healed and safe to be active, I started going to group classes at the gym. I loved the energy of the other people around me and the positive energy I felt in classes made me want to keep going back. It was kind of addictive in a good way. Aside from the half marathon training I had done, it was the first time I felt like I wanted to work out and didn't feel like I had to work out. It felt good. It was another building block moment that had a lasting impact. Because, whoa, I always thought you worked out because you have to. Because if you want to have ice cream or pizza or cake, you have to earn it. Wrong. So wrong. I worked out then because I wanted to. I work out now because I want to. Because I can. My body is able to. I work out because I've learned that it helps me manage my anxiety and depression. Because it instills confidence. Because I feel stronger and healthier. And because I truly do enjoy it. And if I skip a day or a few, that's okay because my worth for that day or any day isn't based on my ability to exercise. But I had to learn that part too. Thanks to a few injuries over the years and a major foot surgery that took me out of my regular activity level. During those moments, I learned to be patient, to follow the steps for healing, and that I truly do love being active and how it makes me feel. So more building, more mindset transformation, little by little. As I mentioned, we were living in Los Angeles at this time, and it was a foodie's heaven. And we were going to incredible restaurants and eating some of the best meals I've ever had. And as we did, it started to dawn on me that food was more than just an escape or a way to find comfort or something to do when I was bored. It was an experience not to be looked at mindlessly. It was also at this time that I made my first homemade cake. And again, that light bulb in my head turned on and I was better understanding that food was meant to be enjoyed and not something that should be looked at as good and or bad. If I was going to indulge, I was going to enjoy it and appreciate it for the killer taste bud experience it was giving me. I was going to enjoy it because either I or someone else put a lot of time and effort into creating it, and that should be appreciated and not just scarfed down mindlessly. And then when I wasn't eating out or making cake or other treats, I was learning to balance because I realized that eating indulgent food for every meal didn't make me feel great. It didn't give me the same satisfaction if I was doing it over and over again instead of doing it occasionally and really appreciating those moments. Instead, I was learning that I needed to fuel my body with balanced foods so that I could continue doing everything I loved, being a mom, working, traveling, being active, baking, without feeling sluggish, without feeling shame for my food choices. So while I was trying to stay active, it wasn't really until I changed my relationship, my mindset around food that I saw the greatest results. Yes, physically, but more importantly, mentally. This change perspective certainly didn't happen overnight. I've had to work hard and be mindful as I balance the healthy and the indulgent. I've had to work hard not to overthink it. I've had to work hard to push the negative comparisons out of my mind. And I've had to work hard at not letting a number on a scale run my life. In fact, it was years later that I had another one of these building block life-changing moments. After I had Avery, so Weston was five and a half. Um, Avery was a newborn. I was trying to lose my baby weight, still focusing on a silly, meaningless number. And I remember stepping onto a scale one day to see that I didn't lose weight. I had gained weight and I was devastated. It sent me into a dark, dark place for several days, several days of beating myself up for a silly, stupid number. And I realized 
you know, as I kind of got out of that darkness a few days later, that I was still chasing a number to bring me happiness and it had to stop. That was the last time I stepped on a scale and Avery turns seven next week. It's been nearly seven years without knowing that number because I finally realized a number will never make me happy. And that day that I went spiraling into shame because of a stupid number, I had been perfectly happy before stepping onto the scale. Also, I was a good mom before and after stepping onto the scale. I was also a good wife, a friend, a focus group moderator, a church volunteer, a baker, all before and after stepping on the scale. Most importantly, I was a daughter of God before and after stepping onto the scale. That number didn't change any of those things. I was learning that it was more important for me to just feel healthy, to feel strong, to feel capable, to feel good, to feel happy. And no number was going to be able to tell me how I felt or control how I felt anymore. It became my focus to just get to know myself so well that I could know if I was doing my best, just know what my body needs and when I need it. And even when I'm not at my best, that I love myself enough to not beat myself up for it, but rather to pick myself up and keep trying. So today I'm, I'm not my skinniest. I'm not my heaviest, but I can tell you that I am healthier mentally and physically than I've ever been, which also means I'm at my happiest. Of course, there are days that negative thoughts creep in my head. I mean, I'm only human. We all are. Those are hard to escape. And I still have to work hard to fight off those darker days and weeks, but I no longer work out to eat. I work out because I want to. I eat because I want to. One is not dependent on the other. But I think the most important thing I've learned in this journey is that my body, whatever size it is or has been or will be, is a creation of God. And that alone is something to be proud of. I can run. I can dance. I can bake. I can be a good mom, a good friend, a good wife. And none of that requires me to be a certain size. My worth is not based on my appearance. My worth your worth is so much greater than we could ever truly imagine. I love the quote by Nikki Bannis from her book, Shine From Within. The only one who gets to decide your worth is you. It doesn't come from your bank account or the number of friends you have. It doesn't come from what someone else says you're worth. It's called self-worth for a reason. It comes from you. It comes from being yourself and being proud of who you are. It comes from being someone that you can count on and someone you can love. The numbers will change with time, but what won't change is who you are deep inside. Beautiful, limitless, wonderful, creative, strong, capable. And that is where your worth comes from. We spend the most time with ourselves. Shouldn't we learn to love ourselves as much as we're trying to love another person? And how about learning to love ourselves so that we can be better examples of self-love to our children, our friends, and our family? So that's a glimpse into what's been nearly a lifelong journey of mental and physical wellness and why I consider myself to be healthy and balanced, even with all this cake around. It's not going to be what works for everyone's journey, and that's okay. Finding balance in our lives is such a personal thing. Just remember that you're worth all the effort in the world. Don't ever give up on yourself and enjoy the cake. Thanks, friends, for tuning in today. For show notes and other episodes of Courtney Beyond the Cake, head to cakebycourtney.com forward slash podcast. And for all things cake, remember you can find me over on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Cake by Courtney. And for all my recipes, products, information about my online classes, just head to cakebycourtney.com.
New season, new wardrobe, and we're kicking off fall in style with Macy's VIP sale. Use your coupon or Macy's card and take an extra 30% off fall's biggest trends. Apple picking on the agenda, hello plaid and tall boots, and hey, maybe this is the season you try culottes. And our best brands like Ink, Kelvin Klein, and Tommy Hilfiger, yep, they're included too. Plus, get your glam on with 15% off the beauty brands you love. And Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift cards, services, and fees. Going on now at Macy's. Venus, your source for fun, sexy style, is celebrating the fall fashion season during the annual Venus Fashion Week event. Just in time for cooler weather, Venus's new fall collection has arrived, and now's the perfect time to get amazing deals on new styles that look great at home or out on the town. For a limited time only, shop hundreds of new fall styles and get $20 off instantly, plus free shipping when you spend $100 or more. Visit Venus.com or download the Venus app and use the promo code PUMPKIN to save during Venus Fashion Week. 